Well, hello there, my friend, and welcome back to the Becoming Who I Want to Be podcast, Becoming for short, with your host, Christian Anthony Ortiz. That is me. It's nice to see you guys. Nice to be with you guys here. And I have something really special. Just want to come on and introduce it. Today, I'm sharing with you guys an interview I did with a close friend of mine named Mike. Um, I did this interview right before I left Miami a few months ago, and this guy... Um, I met through a friend of a friend, absolutely is killing it. Started his own business doing Airbnb rentals. First one, first month he was making like $4,000 profit, killing it. Doing more than that the next month. Next month, added more properties, more properties. Um, And then from there, started an agency, did 30K in a launch, 50K in a launch. I mean, he's just doing crazy numbers. And um, I consider him a mentor of mine. We hop on calls um, every few weeks. And he helps me and teaches me a lot. So I wanted to be able to bring that knowledge to you guys as well. So check out this interview. You're going to learn a lot. Definitely listen to the whole thing. He drops gems all the way up until the end when I ask him the most important question of the interview. So definitely tune in, enjoy, and I'll check in with you guys next week. All right. Welcome back to the Becoming Who I Want to Be podcast. Again, this is Christian Anthony Ortiz. I have a super, super amazing special guest here today. My guy, Mike Gagne from CMF Marketing. How are you doing today, Mike? What's up, man? Happy to be on the podcast. I'm so happy to have you and your two fucking awesome, amazing guys here. Um, I know they're off camera, but they're amazing. Um, so, yeah, uh, me and Mike got in touch uh, through salsa classes. I know you guys know that I take salsa classes, and that's kind of how this whole thing started for me. And that's how I met this guy, and my network keeps growing from salsa. I think uh, salsa's made for me. I don't really shout know. Shout out to Hervin, bro. Shout out to Hervin. Shout out to Hervin. Hervin, when you watch this, shout out to you, Awana. Shout out to you. Um, it's awesome. So yeah, man, uh, you have an amazing, amazing business, and I want you just kind of to share some about, first let's talk about what it is. So share a little bit about CMF cool. Marketing. Um, so CMF Marketing is basically, we call ourselves a publishing company. Basically what we do is we work with influencers or experts, and we find people who have you know, a great brand, they have a great following, but maybe they don't really know how to market their, their, you know, their product, or maybe they don't even have a product, but they have a lot of expertise. So we come in and we help them to say, hey, look, you have such awesome knowledge. Let's get that knowledge to your audience, right? Let's show you how to build that marketing. So what we do is it's more of like a, a done-for-you solution. So we build okay. their funnels. We build their email campaigns. We do their ads. We, and essentially, we kind of partner with them. So we do, yeah, that's the model. It's almost like a revenue share, a partnership with these influencers to help you know, build their marketing. So what is it like working with these influencers and, and why did you pick influencers specifically? Yo, it's, it's the worst. <laughs> it's the worst. I was honestly oh, like, so um, I try to avoid, you know, talking to them as much as possible. <laughs> no, no, so, my, so that's why we have a lot of different people on the team, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, my expertise is more in like building the, the vision for the campaign, building the offer, um, figuring out like what the hook is going to be, what the copy is going to be. But we have someone on our team, Malad, who's specifically... You know, his job is to work with the client and figure out, you know, how do I get, how do we create the contract with them? How do we get the agreement with them? And mm-hmm. how do we create a relationship where there's built on trust mm-hmm. so that we can, you know, get that campaign done on time, essentially. Mm-hmm. But it's not my expertise, you know, so yeah, 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 <laughs> that's yeah. why, we, you know, one of the biggest things I would say in entrepreneurship is knowing, you know, having that self-awareness to know, okay, this is what I'm good at. This is what I'm bad at. 
and getting the people in the right places to kind of create that syner- synergistic approach, right? Where each mm-hmm. person has an expertise in different things. Yeah, that's amazing. And I thought that was really cool when, you know, when we met, you told me you had these two guys working with you. You guys were all doing it together and stuff. And um, I think that's really interesting. And um, a lot of people can be uh, afraid of bringing other people into mm-hmm. the business and like how, how are you going to split the, the, the uh, responsibilities, the power and things like that. So do you have any advice for people that, they're doing it themselves, but they want to bring other people in and they're like, oh, is this, can I give this up? Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, touch mm-hmm. a little bit on that. Because- I would say it depends on what your goal is, right? Like if you love your craft and say your craft is like building funnels or something or writing copy, then like maybe that's what you get the most joy out of and you should do that. But if you're in this to build a business where you want to be the business owner, right? Where you want to be able to not be the guy that's doing all the work, right? Maybe you want to just be the person that's overseeing everything and allow it to scale. Then you eventually have to let pieces go, right? You eventually have to be able to put the right piece people in the right places. And ideally those people are better than you so that you can really give them the responsibility that they need and mm-hmm. it offloads the work from you, right? That's a necessary component in order for you to become kind of your, in your next level of entrepreneurship. If you want to be a business owner, right? Um, so I would just say, right yeah, place. exactly. Like I would say like really in some cases being very skilled at the particular, let's say aspects of the business can be almost, um, a detriment in some scenarios because now it's like the business relies on your skill or really what you want to be is relying on processes and people that you can get to, you know, kind of plug everything right. in and you should be the business owner. Again, it depends on what your goals are. Like for me, that's where, I, that's where we're trying to take our team is where we have other people and contractors and whoever necessary to kind of create this system and we're growing it like from that place, right? But if you get stuck in always being the guy that has to do everything, always being the guy that has to make all the decisions, your business has a giant bottleneck and that's you, right? And so it's just important to kind of understand like, do I want to be that person? Or not. If you want to actually be able to scale your business, then you got to take that next step. The importance of building like the system, making sure that's good that you can plug and play people in if they need to because it's your system. That's awesome, man. So I know we we talked a little bit before to uh, right now, and there was some stories that we wanted to get into. We were like, let me save. We're going to talk about it later. So let's go into the the Airbnb. All right. Start. Let's start from the beginning. This This is an amazing story, guys. Check check this out. Well, this is how I basically got into entrepreneurship. Yeah. Right. I think it was 2011 and I had read the four hour work week. Okay. And I was my first semester in college. I had no idea what I wanted to do. It's like, yo, what should I study? I don't know. I read this book. And then once I read that book, I realized I know I want to be an entrepreneur, you know, and I want to have this four hour work week lifestyle. Like I I just want to experience that, you know what I'm saying? So I was on a journey from that point forward to figure out how can I create this business Mm -hmm. that can run without me. Right. So I tried everything, bro. I mean, I tried, we tried making like e-commerce products. We tried selling like a blender bottle thing. We tried, uh, dude, no, no, for the NASA, (laughs) I tried licensing some technology from NASA. It was called electron beam freeform fabrication. And we even, what did you say that again? I don't even know what you said. It's called EBF3, electron beam freeform fabrication. And it was a 3D printing technique. We had investors and everything. We flew out to Langley, NASA Langley Research Center, what? bro. We did the whole thing. We were in like negotiations for the deal. It didn't. It didn't work. Uh, we tried. I basically I tried everything. I tried stock trading. I did my thesis on uh, on modeling financial markets using like concepts from uh, engineering stuff. Okay. So I did that for two years. But basically, bro, I tried everything and like failed, failed, failed at everything. But I just kept kept at it, right? Yeah. I got a job. 
Um, eventually, you know, I was working a nine to five. I was working as an engineer, but always when I got home, bro, like all my spare time was spent trying to get something working, yeah. you know? And uh, I, I was on Amazon, I started doing a FBA. Mm. And the, pro the, the way it works with Amazon FBA is you find a product that's working. So like Jungle Scout is a, is a software that you can use to go and see which products are making the most revenue. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you can see, all right, this product is making $80,000 a month, this product's making $500 a month, I'm gonna go with this one, right? So you kind of start to see, mm -hmm. okay, these are the products that are most popular. Then you look at, okay, what about the products are working well? Okay, I can see like this, these certain features, certain features A, B, and F are the ones, like the pattern that I'm seeing between, okay, what's working the best, right? So now I'm starting to collect this data, and then I read all the reviews, right? And I see, okay, so people like this about this product, people don't like this about this product. Then I would go and talk to like a manufacturer, manufacturer in China and try to create that new product, right? That fit all the Solve criteria. The needs of the product. Right. Yeah. So we started doing that, but it was so slow, like it took three months to like get the products here and we would start to sell things, but it was super slow. So at the same time as I was happening in parallel, I had, um, I had just read Rich Dad Poor Dad, mm. okay? And I was like, yo, real estate is the thing. <laughs> I gotta invest in real estate, like how can I do this? So I started looking like, at the same, I'm, I'm trying a whole bunch of different, yeah, different yeah. businesses, but the Amazon FBA is running, it's doing things just slow. Yeah. So now I'm looking for properties, you know, I'm, I actually met with real estate agents and like I'm trying to find a house, right, that uh, I can potentially buy. And uh, I'm looking at a property, it's $31,000 that I would have to invest in order to get that property up. So okay. I was like, yo, I don't know if I'll make that investment, like how long is it gonna take me to like make my return? So all this is happening and then one day I sat down with a friend who, uh, who basically was telling me about one of his friends that was doing this thing called Airbnb, okay? And I didn't know what Airbnb was at the time. I had heard about it a little what, bit. What year was this, what was this? I think this was 2016, 2016. late 2016. I think that was like, Airbnb came out with like 14 or something? Earlier than that, something yeah, yeah, yeah. Than but it was like, it was like it kind was of, rise, kind of yeah. right? So there's all these different factors at play, right? <clears throat> and basically tells me about his, he has a friend who just bought a house, okay? And the house has four spare bedrooms. And he was living in one of the spare bedrooms, um, the friend, and then he had three empty bedrooms. And he's renting out those three empty bedrooms on Airbnb, mm -hmm. okay? And he was making $2,000 per month per room. So per six room. grand that he was making per month on Airbnb. And he told me, he's like, yo, he, he even has it automated. So he has cleaners come in to clean the rooms or whatever. And wow. he's like, yo, I'm like, yo, that's crazy. So I'm like, okay, real estate's a thing but there's this Airbnb thing where I can get a lot of cash flow and I can automate it. That's like the four hour work week and Rich Dad Poor Dad combined, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I'm like, okay, <laughs> so let me see. And I'm like, so I gotta get into this Airbnb thing. So I'm starting to figure out how to do Airbnb. I'm studying it, studying it. And I noticed that there was this direct parallel with Airbnb and Amazon FBA, right? So the way it works on Airbnb, what I realized is like, well, if I, how am I gonna get the best Airbnb? How am I gonna make sure I make the most money on Airbnb? So I'm like, well, why don't I try to find the best products, the best listings that are making the most money, right? So I started looking like, okay, how can I find a listing? How can I make sure like which listings are making the most money? How can mm -hmm. I find which areas or which features, mm -hmm. which locations, you know, I was looking for those patterns. The same thing that we did on Amazon FBA, yeah. I was applying it now to Airbnb, right? I was looking at the reviews, like it's literally the same type of thing. And then I found a tool, it's called AirDNA, that's basically the same as Jungle Scout, where you can see literally the revenue for each property how much each property is making. So now I was able to actually, like I call it like having a revenue x-ray tool. I could actually see which listings on Airbnb were making the most money. And I could do the same exact process that we did with wow. Amazon. 
but it's like nobody was doing that on Airbnb, you know, because it's like I pulled all these different ideas together, right, right. applied it to Airbnb. So I realized if I got a two-bedroom apartment in a certain location with certain features, I could make on average after running all the revenue numbers, I could make around six thousand eight hundred dollars per month um, in revenue. Right. And the cost to to rent out a property or rent out one of those properties that was comparable um, would be two thousand six hundred dollars. So I was like, wait a minute, why should I go buy a property when I could potentially go rent a property right. like today? And start making almost four thousand dollars in profit per month. So that's when I had that like light bulb moment, you know. So for me, like that was a that was my kind of next step. But it was it was a scary moment because I'm like, yo, I'm about to invest in renting this property yeah. on an idea that I had yeah. on paper. You know what I'm saying? Dude. And it was like, what if this doesn't work? Yeah. You know, after rent, I gotta pay the rent every month. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? $2,600, mm. what if it doesn't work? You know what I'm saying? So now I'm like, dude, what should I do? Should I do it? Should I not do it? But bro, I feel like one of the biggest things in entrepreneurship, you can work harder, you, work, you can work smarter, but courage is like that third factor yes. that people don't talk about. Yeah. I think honestly trumps all the other factors. Like mm. you need to have courage and take bold mm. action because only once you start to move, you start to take action, opportunities present themselves, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And then then you have the opportunity to work hard. Then you have the opportunity to work yeah. smarter, but if you if you're not creating any opportunity in the first place, you know, what yeah, are you going to do, momentum. right? You got to start going. Exactly. So, it was one of those moments where I just had to like I just had to do it, you know? So, I remember signing the lease and <sighs> yes. and I'm like, "Yo, this is crazy." <laughs> so, boom, pay the security deposit, pay the first month's rent or whatever. And I walk into the apartment with the keys first day and it's empty, right? And I'm just like Yo, what did I just do? You know, I was like, literally, you walk in and you have that kind of like yeah. moment of, of reality. Like, yo, this is completely empty. Like, I gotta not, I gotta like, how they am I gonna? Furniture or nothing? No, nothing. So I'm like, yo, I gotta host guests, right? Like, I gotta get this place booked yeah, out. Like, yeah. And I'm like, how am I gonna get guests in here to make it look nice? So, same thing, bro. I go back to the drawing board. I start to study the listings that are doing the best. I'm looking at the type of furniture, the type of decor I'm getting. I don't know anything about interior design, but I can just look at patterns. Mm. So do the same exact thing, get it all furnished in like a weekend. And then uh, I remember <laughs> the first, I'm, okay, so I got it all furnished, right? Took pictures, got all the pictures ready, got all the copy ready, and I made my listing on Airbnb. And I'm about to publish it, okay? I'm about to like push go, go launch my listing essentially, right? This was like a week after I got the keys and furniture and stuff. And uh, I remember it was 10, 10 p.m. on a Friday night that I was like ready to publish my first Airbnb listing. And my whole entire apartment was dark, right? All the lights were off and like the screen was like, glaring on me. I'm just like hovering over that publish listing button, bro. And I'm just like so nervous because like, yo, this is the moment that I've been like, is it like yeah. going to happen? Is it going to work? I yeah. don't know. And, uh, you know, I click publish listing and like nothing happens, obviously. Like that first second, I'm just like. Close my laptop, I'm like, yo, whatever's gonna happen, it's gonna happen at this point. So I remember, I, uh, it was 10 p.m., I go and I take a shower, get out of my shower, it's 10.13 p.m. And I got a notification on my phone, like, and it was a weird noise, I had never heard it before, so I look at my phone, I'm like, yo, what is this? And uh, I open it up, and it's, it says Airbnb. It was like an Airbnb notification, I'm like, yo, what is this? Click it, and it says Airbnb booking $1,223. What? 10.13 p.m., bro, in 13 minutes. I made $1,223. Wow. Yo, and then from, so in that moment, that was like, 
so they the moment, for like, bro. Like a, a long time or something? What's up? They had booked for like a week or something like that? I think they booked um, three or four days or something. Yeah, I forget. Um, but that was the moment, dude, that like my entire life changed. Because before that, it was, you know, trade time for money, trade time for money, wow. right? But that was the first moment like that I really experienced. Like, wait a minute. Like, I can make money without working for it. Like, like there's, yeah. I can create a system yeah. and create value but not have to trade my time for it. Like, that's when everything changed. So the next day, bro, it was like rapid fire bookings, like just coming in. The next day, which do do do. I remember I was driving down the freeway and it was like five hundred dollars coming in, like oh, another thousand dollar booking. Another five hundred. I could. I swear, so I almost crashed, bro. It was crazy. Um, and in the first thirteen days, I had booked out eight, eighteen thousand eight hundred seventy-two dollars worth of bookings. Wow. Yeah. So I was like, bro, this this actually worked. That is you know amazing, man. So dude, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. dude, that was my Airbnb story. So. Basically, three months after that, um, Airbnb's cranking. Uh, the first month, I think I did $8,500 or something in revenue. Um, so profit was like 5000 or something like that, mm-hmm. which was over my projection. The next month, I hit the projection on the mark. It was like 6800 which was like exactly what projected. Mm-hmm. Third month, again, over like 8700 So I was like doing really well. I had a meeting with my boss because um, I was supposed to get promoted. It's like my two-year mark. I was going to have a meeting with my boss. So I remember it was like 9 a.m. I sit down in the meeting in a glass office or whatever. And uh, basically we go through the whole thing and by the end of it, he's like, yo, look, Mike, I'm sorry. We, we can't promote you because you know, like, there's been budget cuts or something. Like, I'm just like, all right, but well, peace. Right there in the <laughs> Right meeting. then and there, bro. I'm like, all right, well, I'm good then, you know? So, but I had the flexibility to do that, you know, because I had fortunately like started to establish this other source of income. So I quit my job in that moment and then, uh, and then uh, I was officially like an entrepreneur, you know. Um, and the cool thing was that I had systematized the Airbnb at that point. Mm-hmm. So it's been three weeks, in, or sorry, three months into it. I figured out how to kind of get the cleaners to automate it, how to automate everything. So it didn't take much of my time. So I had like a whole bunch of free time and basically replaced my income. So I was like, what am I going to do now? You know, Dude, which is like I, I had made it to that point where, you yeah, know, Tim Ferriss talks about it. It's yeah. like you can fill the void. It's like you did it. You have the business. Now what? You know? So I could either get more Airbnbs or pursue like a, a real passion of mine. So mm. we'll get into that in a second. But that was basically the story of like how I started, you know, the entrepreneurial journey out all like, that is like, you know, that's such a cool story, man. I got to say, like, <laughs> that's I awesome. It. And it's cool that you just you had this idea. And, and uh, that's something that I experienced as well uh, in the past. Like um, I've tried a bunch of different things. You say you tried Amazon FBA. Um, I was doing something similar. I tried FBA before. I did a lot of uh, graphic design, so I was doing Photoshop stuff and Premiere. Um, none of the stuff worked out, but those skills that you get mm. and those the the ideas you have, then you can bring them together. You're like, oh, I used to have this for my past, this for my past. And you pull them together, and I think that's really important. And, and the courage that it took to do that, to to spend that money at first, not knowing it was going to work. Mm. I think that um, like when you remove the safety net. Right. You have to. Right. You have right. to make right. it work. Right. Right. Like it's just like there's no other option. Yeah. So that's it's cool that you figure that out, and I hope everybody watching understands that because that's key. He's absolutely right. That courage just to take that step is really important. You will figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So you, you do the Airbnb. So you want to get into a passion. So yeah, yeah. So what happened? So um, basically, at this point, which I made a lot of mistakes as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Maybe it would made more, it would have made more sense probably to just get a whole bunch of Airbnbs at that point. Cause like it was working. I clearly had a system that, that was working. Like I should have just, when something's working, you want to really drill into it and take advantage of it. You know what I'm saying? Um, if you figure out a system, 
and, you, and it can scale and it can, you can automate it, you should kind of dive deep into it. But um, ever since I read the two or the four hour work week in 2011, I knew I wanted to sell information. Mm. So I, I always want to do something with internet marketing, right? So at that point, um, I had, I was thinking, okay, well, what can I do in internet marketing? Now I have all this time to basically study. Um, so I started thinking, all right, let me learn a little bit about internet marketing. And I took a course or two. And uh, one of the courses was saying, like, you can basically find an expert, like go on Udemy or something like that, and find an expert who already has a course, and you can basically do the marketing for them. So that was like the basis of what CMF Publishing became. Okay. Um, so I took that course, and the biggest thing, you know, again, it was like, take action, take action, take action. And I remember uh, I started messaging these people, these different experts on Udemy, like, hey, I can uh, build, your, I can do your marketing or whatever. And at this point, dude, I had never built anything. I had never built any funnels. <laughs> I never done any webinars, and uh, just messaging people. Some people responded, got into some Skype calls, whatever called with them, and uh, basically I was like, look, if you want to, you know, grow your business, then you gotta have a webinar, and we're gonna build your webinar for you. We're gonna get you these leads. We're gonna do all this, and bro, I didn't know what I was like so doing. So just like telling what you learn and just giving it like, hey. You gotta do this. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, and I was just like, Yo, if you want to do this, and the the way I set it up was they didn't have to pay me anything. It, we were gonna do a revenue share. Mm. So you know, I felt like, all right, well, at least if I, if hopefully I'm gonna deliver. But if I can't deliver, they didn't pay me anything. You know, so that was the whole idea. Um, I remember. Let me add, I'll just stop real quick. So uh, a lot of people have an issue where they might feel like a, almost like a fraud because mm. they're like, oh. I'm telling them they got to do this or I can do all this for them and I don't even know if I, I don't have any proven results. How did you deal with that that feeling or that like maybe I can't, you know, maybe I, think, I can't deliver? Yeah, I think, you know, because we didn't charge anything, I felt more comfortable. Okay. Um, but you could do the same thing with somebody who, and not charge them at all or not even take a revenue share, right? Like you just want to start creating some kind of action. You want to create an opportunity. Okay. Whether maybe you don't get monetary, you know, something out of it, in that sense, maybe it's just a learning project, but yeah. you want to start working with people and actually, it's similar to what you did, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. you just took action, started adding value to people, mm -hmm. right? And I think a lot of it comes down to confidence in yourself. It's like, mm -hmm. I know I'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. if, if It's like what you said, if you put yourself in a position where the only way to move is forward, have to, yep, have to go. then like you have to do it, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I've learned too. It's like, you can either choose to stay in a more comfortable situation, but and on paper it looks better, but it doesn't necessarily force you to become something greater, right? right? And I realize it's always better to, to put yourself in the position where you only the only option for you is for you to get greater or get better at what you got to do, you know. Yeah. So I think it was one of those situations too. And um, I would say just for people listening, it's like if you feel like you're in a situation right now where you're comfortable and you're maybe um, not putting yourself in a position where you have to succeed. Mm. Is like that could be the thing that's holding you back mm. you know that, that's always been it for me it's like when we put ourselves in positions where we had impossible deadlines or yeah. you know we had a two webinars on the same our first two webinars, i'll get this in a second our first two webinars were on the same exact day really yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like crazy. You know, and i'll tell you in a second but um anyway so the point is like make put yourself in the position to go yeah. find a way to make it happen you back know? against the wall yeah so um i guess 
what was the original question? Are you move forward from where yeah, I was at the point? From, I yeah. just wanted to kind of share that because that, that idea of like, oh, I don't know how to do it. But, you know, getting over the fear of failure, right. it gives you the opportunity to, because it's okay, especially in what you're talking about where you weren't even asking for anything up front. Mm-hmm. Um, you give yourself the permission to fail or give mm-hmm. yourself mm-hmm. the permission to do it and see how you can do it and get better and learn and just... Just once you're going, you're taking action, you can always tweak and get better. But right. you have to get something out there. Right? Right. Right. Uh, for people that are coming from ClickFunnels that are listening from there, I, I tell people that, you know, they're like, oh, people might message me like, oh, well, should I change the copy here or should I do this or what about the color of the button? Like that stuff doesn't, I mean, it, mm-hmm. it helps, but it mm-hmm. doesn't matter as much as getting it published and getting it out there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's important. But, yeah, so continue from, from there. So you yeah, were sure. doing this uh, yeah. revenue share and, thing. And just to add to what you said, Steve Larson says um, – <laughs> Done is a new perfect. I think mm. it's just along those yeah, lines. Yeah, yeah, that's what he says. And it's like, bro, you got to take that to heart because it's yeah, true. Yeah. Um, okay, so we just had, I just gotten those two clients, and they're like, yo, we want to do this. They, I, I made a contract or something. I don't even know how I did it. Just found one online, edited it, sent yeah. it over, and I got it signed. I'm like, yo, this is like real. This is happening. So I'm like, what am I going to do? <laughs> so I called my friend, called Eid. And I'm like, yo, uh, quit your job, come up to South Carolina, and... Uh, Help me build these funnels. <laughs> so he was like, "Quit your job like that." He told you that, and you just quit and left. Yeah, yeah crazy. <laughs> That's cool, man. So, wow. so he trust quit his job, friend, bro. Man. Trust him, trust. And he started driving up. I'm like, by the way, when you're driving up, listen to all of Russell Brunson's marketing and your secrets. Uh, what was it called the at the time? Secrets podcast. Oh, in the car, marketing yeah. in your car, whatever. Yeah. How long so. was Eight, eight, ten hours or something. That's a lot of podcasts. That's a lot of podcasts. <laughs> yeah. So his whole like marketing knowledge education yeah. was like just podcast right yeah. um so he comes up bro we're like in this little apartment and we're like yo we got to get this thing figured out you know so we start building uh we start building the webinars and we didn't know what we were doing at the time but um you know just trying to follow a course or follow a model and just you know, yeah. plug and play yeah. um so we we had like a little mini launch or whatever and it was like mildly successful but i remember getting that first sale that was the biggest thing bro i remember yeah. our the very first webinar actually um it was like a little mini one. There wasn't many people on it, but we got three sales for, I think it was $300 each. And it was like, that was the moment that proved, exactly, kind of like similar to the Airbnb moment. Yeah. It was like, that was the moment that proved like webinars could work. Like, works, yeah. I'm like, yo, this could be a thing, <laughs> you know? So that really fueled us. And then um, we, we did two webinars. We were in the process of building two webinars. One was for a dog training product and one was for my own webinar, which was for how to do Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And we had scheduled them to launch on the same exact day. So I remember, bro, we had just got a new Airbnb. We had just got a, or actually two new Airbnbs. One we had rented and the other one we had in a partnership with the landlord. So a little different. But the point was we were basically building, bringing on two new Airbnbs in the same week, building the webinar for the how to do Airbnb. And we were doing the, the dog training webinar all in the same week. That's and crazy. I remember, yo, like, it was like, all right, yo, the webinar is at 2 p.m. tomorrow. And we're up at like, Four, five a.m. Building the funnel, writing like the scripts and stuff, and uh, we somehow got it done in time for the two p.m. launch. Launched the webinar with the dog trainers. They do the webinar. We're just kind of like tech people. We give them the scripts. We give them the funnel. Okay. Everything's ready to go, and he makes the offer. Boom! Sales start coming in. Sales start coming in. Sales start. I remember seeing those uh, two nine sevens. Look at that. My Stripe account. Yo, it was the best freaking feeling. And then. He's about, I remember the, the dog trainer was about to end the webinar. And I remember texting him like, don't get off the webinar. Stay on there. Keep asking or answering questions. Because I'm like, we're still getting sales. Bro, by the end of that webinar, I think we had made like 6000 or something like that. Wow. And, uh, and then I was like, the crazy part was, you know, it ended at like 4 p.m. 
our webinar for the uh, Airbnb training was at like 7 p.m. or something, 7 or 8 p.m. We had three hours, and that one was not built. We had, wasn't built? We had not built the funnel other than the, web, the landing page. We had not built the webinar slides. Whoa. Bro, so we had three hours to build the entire funnel on the slides. So we run over to the other Airbnb where I was going to film it from, and uh, Ede is building the funnel, bro, like nonstop. And this is a very similar situation where it's like, where, <laughs> yo, like done is better you than perfect. Yeah, yeah, done is better than perfect. perfect. Yeah. So he's building the funnel. I'm writing the, the slides as best I can. I got secret number one done, secret number three done. I got the stack done. I didn't even get to secret number two. So the webinar starts, right? And I'm just like, all right, I'm, I'm practice or anything. Just start talking, bro. Nine people show up. I'm like, all right, whatever. It's a practice round. I'll do it. Nine people show up, go through secret number one, secret number two comes on and I just go off the slides, go on me, just talk through it, whatever, you know? Go to secret number three, about to make the offer. I'm about to say, all right, go to, it was like my, my url.com forward slash go, and Eve's like, yo, the, it's not ready yet. <laughs> like, the checkout page isn't ready yet. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. uh, let's get to questions. <laughs> so, we go to questions and like, and then he's like, all right, all right, we're ready. So I'm like, oh, by the way, if you want to get the product, go to, you know, it was like MikeZave.com or whatever the thing was. And, uh, and I'm going through the picture. We're going through the question. All of a sudden, we see a sale come in for 997. 997, that's Nine reason. people in the webinar, one person bought for 997, our first sale. And I was like, yo, this is a thing, right? So then it was like, man, we made six grand on the, on the first webinar, uh, a grand on the next one. Then the replay sequence happened. I think we ended up making like maybe 12 grand or something total okay. for that that week just on the replay sequence right? uh no sorry six grand extra on the replay, replay okay. sequence. so total it was like yeah something like that and i was like yo that's great oh but i forgot to mention something in the replay sequence um i we didn't know this but you can't run like two webinars at the same time or something with the webinar jam so you know the people that were watching the replay from the the airbnb training were ended up watching the dog training what <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so the, the webinar showed the dog training instead of the... <laughs> so the people that were supposed to Okay. You did the webinar. Right. Dog training was showing on the, <laughs> the Airbnb right. one. Right. And then what happened? So, so yeah, you know, the big point was like, dude, nothing was perfect, yeah. right? We just made it, made it happen. Mm -hmm. um, so from that point forward, we were like, okay, this was working. Airbnb training was working. Dog training was working. We just started um, doing more webinars. You know, every single week I would do a webinar. I was doing a lot of live Facebook, like Facebook lives, and then I would send traffic to to those Facebook lives to indoctrinate them, and then I would uh, send like a um, an opt-in type of ad to follow yeah. up with that. And you were doing ads. You doing Facebook ads as well? Yeah, doing Facebook good. ads. Um, and then yeah, so we just kept launching to that dog training list. We did like a quarter of their list for the first launch. I think we did like twelve grand or something. And then the next time we did another quarter of their lunch, their list, we did like 5k or something. We, we had some problems with email deliverability. So we kind of fixed those. And then the next launch was to the rest of the list and we did like 30k, you know? Nice. Yeah. And then we did another launch, which was, uh, just through ads. So we're kind of retargeting their entire email list and retargeting their Facebook fans. And we did like another 30k. Nice. You know? So it was like, yo, this model works. Like find an, find an influencer, find an expert who has, you know, they had 30,000 emails. They had 26,000 Facebook fans, so they had some assets, we call them right, assets, right. Yeah. and, you know, just repurpose their content and kind of resell, you know, sell it to their Set audience. Up the sales phone, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Set up their stuff, you know. So it was, it was working, bro. And then uh, we kept selling the Airbnb training. Um, we brought on a media buyer, and uh, then it kind of took off for a little while. And we had some really good months, too. Honestly, we had some, some pretty cool months. That's but, awesome. How long so ago that was that? Was, um, when we 
stopped doing the or start we're doing like Airbnb. When you had that first webinar, yeah, that yeah, was... that first webinar I think was in two thousand November two thousand seven, two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah. Damn, it's crazy how your life changes like this. Yeah, you know, it's once crazy. You kind yeah. of lock in. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So then from there you said that you liked working with influencers, um, and you said you you kind of vetted them on certain criteria. Right. Um, so yeah, talk a little bit about how you what's your ideal client I guess yeah. now in, yeah. in the company. So just to kind of give you more context, like the the next year after that was I call it the, the year of everything, which is, again, this is probably like a mistake that a lot of people will make, hopefully not, but we made, was where you have a lot of opportunities open mm-hmm. and you kind of do all of them. Like we had Airbnbs going on, different types of style, different types of partnerships for Airbnb. Then we had the Airbnb training. Then we had uh, a couple of different clients. The dog trainer was like the best one, but we had other ones too. And we're trying to get everything to work, right? It's one thing to be a coach for a product, but then to also do the marketing for that product, and then to also, um, you know, actually do that, say we had to actually get Airbnbs and run Airbnbs, and then to do marketing for other people, mm. you know, and all these different niches, it was like just, we, we it was hard to make progress because we're doing everything, you know? Fortunately, like, we had some success, and we, it was working well and stuff, but we could have probably done a lot better if we just focused on, like, one thing, you know? So later on in that year, in 2018, we decided we're going to just focus on one thing. we got to focus on one thing. And, um... We wanted to do kind of like publishing, but we didn't have the, we wanted to do a different model basically where we find an expert, not necessarily an influencer. We pick a niche that we know is going to be good and our decision to work in that niche is based on the niche itself, not based on the person, the influencer, the expert, right? So we cut everything in early in 2019, this year, beginning of the year, we cut everything. We cut all our Airbnbs. We cut all of um, so you stopped everything. We stopped. Even we cut working with the dog trainer. We cut the Airbnb training. We stopped everything, and we picked a new niche that we thought was going to be our best bet. And we worked on that for like six months, maybe, mm. and it didn't work. Mm. Yeah, it didn't work, and, and partially because like we didn't really have a passion for the niche, and it was a new type of business model. It was more of like a click bank versus okay. click funnels. You know, click bank. Yeah, like, yeah, nothing. Yeah, like those type of sales letters. Yeah. Very heavy in copywriting. Yeah, yeah, long. Not much about like the actual expert. The, the person doesn't have to have like a big audience or anything. Like, you know, it's a different style. Yeah. Fundamentally different selling low ticket $37, you know, product than the back end you have like a lot of multiple products and yeah. It's just a totally different business model really at the end of the day. Yeah. It's not like webinars or anything like that. And so we went into this new business model and cut everything else. And the biggest thing for that was like n- we were trying to do something, a new model, right? Which normally when you're doing something new, you're going to have this dip, right? Where you're in this chaos mode, like Sam Ubbins calls it the chaos. And then you're going to come into order and that's where you're going to have like that exponential, exponential growth. But you got to make it through that dip period, right? Uh, so what he talks about is like having cash flow to sustain that dip. So you're kind of canceling out that dip with, with something that's working. Okay. And then eventually that new thing takes off and then that's when you can cut your cash flow. We oh, cut our cash flow before, before. Okay. right? Which was like the big mistake. So we had spent so much money trying to get this thing to work and we never got that like upside and we cut all our, basically all our revenue. Mm-hmm. So, so it was because like, you didn't have passion for it, you couldn't follow through to the, yeah, there was like, the none of us really cared. It wasn't something that we studied. Well, it was, was it was back pain. Back pain. Yeah. More so the, it wasn't the niche that, that we weren't passionate about. It was like the style of selling it, you know, through this like $37, like, um, heavy copywriting, you know, it's just different, fundamentally different. And then having like supplements on the back end or something it, mm-hmm. it's just totally different like process and different business altogether so just took a lot of learning you know um but the big mistake was that we cut things that were working you know so i would say for people listening it's like once you find something 
like decide to kind of stake your claim in that and and be the best at that thing or, or, or just get the most you can out of that opportunity. And when you start to pursue other opportunities, make sure that you keep that at a certain amount, a certain cash flow coming in before you cut it, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Which, which makes sense, right? But mm-hmm. sometimes we, you know, make silly mistakes. So that was the biggest mistake that we made. Um, so earlier this, this about three months ago, we had like a team meeting. I was like, look, we gotta, we gotta go back to like kind of the basics or fundamentals. Like what, what are we good at? Mm-hmm. And I think this is another thing that people can get out of this. It's like self-awareness is so, is so important in, uh, in entrepreneurship. So what we did is we all took this test called the Wealth Dynamics Test. And it's where you can learn about your personality as an entrepreneur. Right? And we found out that I'm like the process person. It's called like the Lord. It's, it's like a um, basically the engineer. I can do processes well. I can be organize things well. Um, and but I wasn't necessarily a creator. Creator is somebody who like starts something from, from scratch, like out. And that's kind of what we're trying to do with the back pain thing. It's like we were trying to build something from nothing, right? We're trying to create something. Yeah. Whereas when we publish somebody, they already have something created. We just got to scale it, mm-hmm. which is like our strength, right? Okay. And we found out that Eid was a I think it was called accumulator. Is it accumulator? Which is basically someone who's like really good with details, built basically with building and timing, right? And then Malad, we found out was a deal maker. So like. We look at all these things we're like we're really we don't have that creativity side like we shouldn't be trying to make things from scratch we should take something that's already made and scale it up like that's what we that's a lot can great. make the deals like with the, the clients we can build them we can create the processes flow for that gotcha. so like this is what we're good at let's do that so that's when we went back into finding clients and what is it what is it called again the test uh wealth dynamics wealth dynamics yeah okay. so that's what we went back into and then we started uh getting new clients on board and mm-hmm. it's been a uh, it's been, you know, like, again, trying to figure out the process. How do we get a client who has 500,000 followers, for example, to how do we get them to pay attention to us, right? How do we get them to listen to our pitch? And how do we create that equal status so that we can get something done? And um, we've kind of been figuring that out, but use some of the principles that we got from the first time and mm-hmm. some new things. And fortunately, it's, it started to work, you know. So now we have some campaigns running. We got two three campaigns launching this month actually like three awesome. like we're doing a product launch formula yeah. launches so three product launch formulas happening like this month you know which is pretty cool that's sick you know so let so, me ask how'd you get introduced to click specifically um i think you know i just got targeted by, by russell like you know? <laughs> yeah, <that's great. laughs> i uh, i had signed up for a couple courses under marketing because okay. i always knew i want to sell information and then eventually bought russell's like split test book or something like that. Oh, and the then, 108. Yeah, yeah. The and then I got his book and then, you know, it was history from there, bro. It's so awesome, man. You guys have done so much in such a short period of time. like, And it's, it's like everybody wants kind of what you guys are doing, but it's it, they got to listen and see what you guys did, the stuff you had to go through, you know, going in that dip, going into chaos, being scared and just doing it anyway, taking mm-hmm. a chance and diving in. It's so awesome. Um, so uh, we talked about uh, this. I want to talk about kind of. I want you guys, you guys to pitch in if you want. I know you're kind of far from the mic, but um, how do you manage working with different personalities? Like I, I've, I've interviewed um, these two writers recently, and they say like we spend so much time together all day that like they were thinking about living together, and like we gotta separate. We can't mm-hmm. just spend too much time together. Like, I get tired mm-hmm. of you. I get tired of you. Whatever. Um, how do you feel with that? Like managing personalities in the business. Yeah, yeah. I think that again takes a lot of self awareness. Self awareness. A lot of. Um, emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. it's difficult for sure like most people can't do it and we struggle with it but i think 
one thing that we've done exceptionally well is like try to understand each other and try to understand ourselves well. And I think also it comes down to intent. It's like, if, if, if they win, I win, you know, like, and I think they see it the same way. Mm -hmm. Right. So although like there are times when there's, there's like different, uh, difference in opinion which is a good thing you don't want a team that all thinks the same thing you want to have diversity of thought that's how you see blind spots yeah right um at the end of the day it's like what do i really want and what i want is for them to succeed you know they want the same for me and i think if you have a team that has ultimately the right intent you know it's it's good to have differences of opinions but yeah. that's what it comes down to i love that yeah. you know you have their interests at heart so we were just talking about that before uh when i was saying like I think that when you're looking, when you want to help somebody else, you get better insights. Mm-hmm. Tony Robbins talks about that a lot. Like mm-hmm. when you have other people's interests in mind, you have more insights. You, you get better ideas. I think mm-hmm. if you generally want to help. Um, and so then, on a, on a personal level, um, when you get to these walls, right? It's like, oh, this is not working. Whatever. What mindset makes helps you get through that or pushes you through that? Like, is there something you do? Do you have any maybe morning routines or mm-hmm. something? Or when you get stuck, you know? Yeah. Um... So when I get stuck, I mean, for me, I do have a morning routine that I'm like pretty strict on. Yeah, um, I think it's important. I have one too. I think it's super important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like for me, the, my morning routine essentially comes down to stretching and I try to study scripture. Mm. Um, and um, after that, I do a lot of like visualization, mm. um, stuff like that. And See, talk about that on the podcast all yeah, the time. Visualization, yeah. you have to. Well, I do, I do like 10 minutes of meditation and then I do, oh, after scripture, I do 10 minutes of meditation and then like I do like 10 minutes of visualization, cool. right? Where I like try to like see my future, mm. you know, what I want to create, right? Um, and then from there, I go to the gym. And most of the time, I'll try to knock the gym out and then I come back and I do a cold shower. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So for me, the cold shower represents like those times where there's no way to outwork or out think the problem you just have to do it every day you do a cold shower yeah yeah it's interesting man so it's that it's that constant reminder of like there are times when you you can't uh like there's no way you can out analyze a situation you just have to like you just have to step into a cold shower right yeah. you know you yeah, can't like sure. think about like you know how can <laughs> i make this less, less cold, cold. You know? <laughs> so every day there's that reminder you yeah. know and i think that builds that muscle of execution you know um so those are the biggest things I would say, and then I'm basically ready for my day. Um, for me, I try to do three-hour blocks of, of work. Okay, yeah, so that's what I want to talk about, too. Yeah. Like, what is your daily routine? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. No, I love that stuff, honestly. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm really big on eliminating distractions. So okay. I will, you know, no phone, like, no nothing. Like, I will pick uh, my, my, my goal for what I'm trying to do in a certain session. So they say I do a 90-minute session. I have a timer. I pick my goal, like this is what my job is to in the next 90 minutes, put the timer and then I can't like get distracted from that. I have to do that 90 minutes of work, Okay. you know, and I do a series of those throughout the day. Maybe three or four of those a day? I do, I'll do two 90 minutes back to back and take a little break and another two and then take a little break and then do another two if I can. Okay. So Most, like six, I'll try to do nine hours total, hours. but sometimes it's seven and a half, you know, if okay. I get tired or something. Interesting. Yeah, and you yeah. keep the phone out the room, no distractions like that. So you yeah, take, it, do you work like... Five, seven, seven days a week, five days a week? When you I do um, I do five days a week, and then on Saturdays, I normally do a three-hour session. Mm-hmm. And that three-hour session, I try to keep it to a creative session. So, like, the biggest thing I notice is that there's time that I need to be creative. Like, I'm writing copy there mm-hmm. where it's really deep work. There's other time where it's, like, more management stuff. Like, I got to answer these emails. I got to answer these questions. I got to respond to certain things. So, like, kind of just putting pieces together. Mm-hmm. So, that three-hour 
in the morning is that's when I do my creative work. Like those are the most important three hours. Um, so on Saturday I do a three hour session, which is actually like pretty important. You know what I mean? So um, I try to, it, it does make a difference. And then on Sunday I try to always take the day off. You know? that's, really, that's a really good system you have. Yeah. Um, I think that the 90 minute blocks and taking a break and stuff like that mm -hmm. is really important. Do you have anything else for like productivity? Um, any other like hacks or tips that you do to keep yourself really like, because I know like Steven Larson, for instance, he has that green dot, red dot thing where he's like, mm. he puts the um, the income generating yeah. tasks on the right, green dot right. and then the red dot. Yeah. And he doesn't do any of the red dot stuff. Right. It doesn't right. Generate, directly generate yeah. income. Yeah, no, that's great. Do you have anything like that? Um, for me, like I'm really systems oriented. So I always go like, okay, what is my goal? Uh, like what's the outcome? I think it's really important to know the outcome for the day or for the okay. week or for the month, right? And then I break down by task. Okay. But but I always got to know what the outcome is because I know if I don't if I have a task but not an outcome I can spend a lot of time doing something wow, that's okay. not really important. Wow. But if I know like okay my outcome is to create like this uh, this sales page has to get done you know it's it's different than saying like I got to write copy versus this sales page has to get done that's you know what I'm saying. Huge. Um, I really like that. It's a different like it's subtle but it's a very difference no, in like right. your intention right no, it's yeah. different. You're right because I yeah. found myself even like like you're saying writing sales copy I just be writing the copy and then I don't have like a clear end. Like, mm -hmm. this is what's happening today. Yeah, yeah. So that's key. Okay. Yeah, for sure. And from a productivity perspective, like, the tools that we use, we use Slack and Trello and Loom and Zoom. Okay. Those are, like, huge. And kind of going back to working with other people, we basically only communicate about work on Trello or Slack or in a meeting. Mm -hmm. Like, we have, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do very few meetings. We try to keep them short and, and try, I try not to, like, over-communicate. We try to not to, as much as possible. But everything is in a card in Trello. Like, so there's never a, a random thought. Like, I'm not gonna be sitting at home and, and, and tell Eid or tell Malad, like, hey, did you do this or this or this? Or we try to avoid that as much as possible. Like, I might be sitting right next to Malad, but I'll put it in Trello, a comment about a certain thing in that card. So like, everything is organized and there's a clear separation of like, personal time versus work time. We yeah. do our best to separate That's that. really good, yeah, to separate yeah. that kind of different relationship right. that you have. And then you don't have things in your mind like lingering, right? Because every time, I know where everything needs to go. So if I thought about a certain campaign, okay, I go into the card, put it in a certain checklist, and that's there. I can tag Eid, I can tag Malad, and that's done. You know, I no longer have to think about that. Yeah, 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 so, clear some space. Yeah, that's the biggest thing is like getting those thoughts out. I love that. Um, all right, so now you're at where you're at. You guys have had a bunch of success. You guys are awesome, cool, great young entrepreneurs. What is the, what do you see for the future, for the next year, two years, maybe five years? Um, what, what do you see for the company? My vision for the company is within the next year or two to really remove us as like the people that are building the campaigns. I want to be over, getting more into that role of business owner. You know, I want to be able to running, run multiple campaigns, maybe a couple of new clients each month and scaling those campaigns, having the right media buyers in place, having the right copywriters in place so that we can take a campaign and scale it to ideally when we hit a home run person, seven figures for each of those campaigns. Like that would be my goal to get to a, uh, an eight figure company is where I want to be at. Okay. I don't know if we sell it from there or if it's systematized enough to do that or not, but that's, that's where I'd want to go, you know, in the next, that, three, man. three, five years, yeah. Okay. So then the last question, is there any one uh, tip you would say for people that are getting started that, that want to, they're in a the place that you kind of were at before the Airbnb thing. They, they want to do something. They want to get away from this nine to five, but mm -hmm. uh, they feel stuck. Do you have anything that you can share? Okay. I do have something that I could share, but this isn't something we talked about. So, but, but basically what I'm getting at is I think the easiest way 
to really like get good at something and to learn something and, and to build these business. Say you want to start a new business or whatever it may be. Courses are great. Books are great. Mentors are amazing. But, but um, apprenticeships, apprenticeships are really where you get the most value. Right? Basically what I'm saying is work for somebody who's already where you want to be. Because it's one thing to get to, to learn from somebody who's where you want to be, but to work for them is a whole other level. Because okay. you actually get to go behind the scenes and learn. And most people are like, oh, if I'm going to work for somebody, I want to get paid. It's like, but you're willing to pay $5,000 for a course, but you're not willing to like basically learn from, every, from somebody everything they do. Yeah. Like Technically, you're, you're working for them, mm-hmm. but that's so valuable. You know what yeah. I mean? So I would say like, the ultimate hack is to find somebody who's doing it and, and to start working for them for free. Yeah. And you're working and you're actually doing it. You're doing it. You're taking action. And they're basically your coach. Mm. And they're they're incentivized to make sure you do a good job because you're working for them. And you're learning all the pieces of what they do. Like that's the ultimate hack in my opinion. And just reach out, send them an email, be like, hey, let me do something for you. Dude, make them a loom. Make them a loom. Dude, you'd be surprised like how far you can get with with a message that's like, hey, I want to learn from you. You know, can, can we jump on a quick 10 minute call? I just want to ask you some questions ask them good questions, take action on what they do, yeah. show that you actually care about them, show that you're actually going to take action on their knowledge, yeah. and then that relationship is built, and then, you know, naturally from there, it's like, hey, can I do some things for you? Like, you ask them, somebody who's, you see somebody who's motivated, who cares about, you know, you that wants to work for you, like, you're going to be like, yeah, sure, yeah, I'd love yeah. to teach you. You know, most people actually really want to help somebody if they show that they really care. It's just, yeah. it's really hard to find people who are like, really motivated and really care and don't want to just get, make, through, get a whole yeah. bunch of money right away. It's like, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's like different and, and rare. And I think like a lot of people would be happy to help someone like that's that. That's an awesome, awesome tip. I hope you guys caught that. That was amazing. Well, all right, man. Hey, Mike, thank you so much Absolutely, for bro. coming out. It was an amazing, amazing time I had here. The Becoming Who I Want to Be podcast. Thank you guys for listening. And we'll be checking in with you guys very soon. Bye, guys.